Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. An incident recently brought up a subject that uh, is a frequent issue talked about among ministry leaders. It's also something that uh, church members and other constituents often expect of ministry leaders. But it's a concept that has a lot of uh, misunderstanding about it and some confusion that goes along with it. And so today, I want to talk about the issue of confidentiality, what it is, why it's important, and how to maintain it. Now, confidentiality is often equated in the minds of many with secrecy. In other words, confidential information is secret information. But that is simply not true. In fact, secrecy is only one part of what the total concept of confidentiality is really all about. Yes, there is some information that remains secret, but that's not really what we mean with the word confidentiality. So let's talk about it today and see if I can bring some clarity to the subject and make us better able to practice this important discipline and also understand how useful it is and how to make best use of it as ministry leaders. So first of all, uh, what is a description or maybe a definition of confidentiality? Well, I describe it this way. Confidentiality is sharing information with the confidence the other person will handle it appropriately. Sharing information with the confidence the other person will handle it appropriately. With the confidence is where the word confidentiality comes from. So when someone comes to me and shares information with me, they're sharing it with me with the confidence that I will handle that information appropriately, that I will do with it what needs to be done to its best effect. Now, many of you might be thinking, well, confidentiality is when someone tells you something that's a secret, but that's just simply not true. Because when you tell me something, You're not telling me something so I'll keep it a secret. You're telling me something so that I will handle it appropriately and you have enough confidence in me to share information with me, trusting that I will handle it in the right way. So confidentiality can include secrecy in some cases, but it is not equated with secret information. In fact, uh, there's at least two examples of when confidential information should be shared. One, it must be shared, and the other, it should be shared. The first one is when you're legally obligated to report the information you're hearing. For example, if a person comes to you and confesses a a crime against a child, or comes to you and confesses sexual abuse of an elder, or in some way confesses something to you for which you are required as a ministry leader to be a mandatory reporter, you are legally morally and ethically obligated to share that information with the appropriate authorities. Uh, There is no secret information or confidential information when these kinds of activities are revealed uh, to a ministry leader. The second time when information should be shared uh, or could be shared is when you need help with the situation. Someone comes to you and tells you about a particular situation they're grappling with, and you realize that you just don't have the resources to help them. Uh, And so you need to go out to another person and find out what uh, needs to be done about their situation. For example, 
Uh, I once had a married couple come to talk with me, and in the context of the counseling, it, uh, we started talking about some sexual issues that they were raising. And some of those issues I could help them with because they were spiritual and emotional in nature. But some of the things they were asking me about were really medical problems or medical concerns. And I'm ill-equipped to respond to those kinds, of, uh, those kinds of questions or those kinds of issues. And so I called a local physician, an OBGYN, and asked for a time to talk uh, in a professional capacity uh, about a matter that I was dealing with in uh, my counseling ministry. And we talked about the situation, uh, what was told to me, uh, what uh, response I could give, and what resources I could direct this couple to to get better help than I was able to give them, etc. And so while I didn't, in that case, disclose the names of the persons involved, I did disclose all of the information that the couple gave me about their situation because I was disclosing it to another professional who himself uh, uh, was able to keep confidential information, meaning I had confidence in him that he would handle the information appropriately. So I didn't call this person and say, I want to tell you some secret information and you can't tell anyone. You have to keep it a secret. That's not confidentiality. Confidentiality is the couple told me with confidence I would handle the information appropriately, some very personal information. I then went to my physician friend and said, in a professional capacity, I want to talk with you about some counselees I'm working with, laid out the circumstances and got information back from him about how I could help this particular couple. That's just one example. Uh, you know, ministry leaders can fall into the trap that thinking uh, that uh, the ministry leaders can fall into the trap of thinking that we can help everyone with every kind of problem. Uh, we have the Bible, it's full of truth, and therefore we can solve every dilemma. But that's just simply not the case. Um, we need to have a network of medical professionals, social workers, professional counselors, people that we can call on and say, I have this particular situation, here are the details of what I'm, what I'm addressing, what kind of direction can you give me, what kind of resources can you help me find, uh, what other kind of people can I send this person to talk to or this couple to talk with, those kinds of things. So confidentiality, again, is when a person shares information with you in, with the confidence that you will handle it appropriately. And in some cases, you're mandated to share that information, like in the case of sexual abuse. In other cases, you should or could share the information in order to bring about the help the person needed who came to you in the first place. So that's two examples when confidential doesn't equal secret. Now, let's talk about another aspect of this, and that is when confidential information or when information that comes to you in these kinds of conversations needs to be shared. In other words, someone comes to you, starts talking with you about a situation, and you realize, uh, I'm not going to be able to keep this information to myself. It's not, a legally, uh, uh, it's not a legal situation where I'm obligated to report. Uh, it's not necessarily a counseling situation where I'm going to go out and get additional resources or help. But let's say that uh, someone comes to you, for example, and tells you that they're having an extramarital affair. What do you do with that information? Well, you say back to the person, um, this information has to be shared. You have to tell your spouse. Now, the first step in when you hear information that is 
said to you in a confidence like this uh, that you're going to have the confidence to handle the information appropriately and you realize in this conversation that this information has got to be shared. It's got to be shared with another person. And in my example, a person comes to you and says, I'm, I'm having a, an extramarital affair. I'm involved sexually with someone other than my spouse and, and I need help. I want to confess that to you and, and I need your help. Well, you might say, well, you should keep that a secret and you shouldn't tell anybody and you definitely shouldn't tell the spouse. Absolutely wrong. If this person that's talking to you has involved themselves in an extramarital relationship, a sexual relationship, they have now made their spouse, who they're also still having a relationship with, vulnerable to all kinds of disease and all kinds of other difficulty because what they may have brought into the relationship, that the spouse has to be told. So you say, well, well what do you do? Do you just immediately call the spouse and say, uh, well, guess what I know, and you've got to know this, and I need to see you? No, you don't do that. When someone comes to you with information that you believe must be shared with another person, the first step is to say to the person talking with you, listen, I understand why you're, why you're telling me this, and I'm willing to help you. But one of the first steps to getting through this together is you have to tell your spouse about this relationship. Confess and come completely clean to them in every way. Now, you may... So step one is to get the person to share the information. Someone comes to you and says uh, uh, they've done something else, like they're stealing from their company or they're, they're doing something else that's inappropriate. Your first step is to say you need to go to your boss and tell them exactly what you've done and lay it out for them in full detail and, uh, and prepare to make restitution to them. So the first step is to get the person to share the information. But you say, but what, if they, uh, but what if they're not willing to do that? Well, your second step is to say, let me go with you and support you while you share the information. Now, I have to tell you, this is some of the hardest conversations I've ever been a part of as a ministry leader. Hard conversations. Where I've had to say to a person, I understand that you're telling me that you're, you're having a relationship outside your marriage. Your spouse has to be told. You have to tell her. Well, Pastor, I, I just can't do that. Well, you have to do it. And you explain the reasons why. And then uh, you might say, well, if you need my support, I'll provide it to you. I'll drive you there. Uh, I'll sit with you while you tell this person. I will help you, support you, but you have to do this. So step one, get the person to share the information that must be shared with the appropriate people. If they can't do that, step two is give them the support they need to get it done. I will go with you. I will sit down with you. I will help you to do this. Um, I was thinking of one situation I dealt with where a man came to me and said, I'm, I'm involved with another woman. I'm, I'm having an affair. I said, well... Uh, tell me what that means. And so he told me how it started and how it progressed over several months and how it went from flirting, uh, from platonic to flirting to uh, a full sexual relationship. And when he finished, I said, well, <clears throat> the next step to get rid of this, uh, to end this relationship and to make this things right with your spouse is you have to go home and tell your wife. And he said, well, pastor, I will do that. And I said, well, I'm glad that you are going to do that. When are you going to come back to me and account to me for that conversation? He said, I'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll do it tonight. 
Well, that night went by, and I was very concerned, praying for the couple. Next day went by, and he didn't come see me, didn't call me, no word. So the next day, I called him. I said, you told me two days ago that you were going to have a hard conversation with your wife. Did you have that conversation? He said, uh, no, I didn't. I said, all right, then, we're to step two, and that is, I need to go with you while you tell her about this situation. And that's what we had to do. He said, well, I, I think I can do it if, you, if you'll go with me. And so we went to his house, and I said, uh, this, uh, said, you know, I'm here because your husband has something that he really needs to talk to you about, and I'm not here to uh, do anything more than just support him while he says to you what he needs to say. And he confessed what he had done, and that moved into a pretty emotional, crisis, confrontational-type uh, time. And then that morphed into uh, an initial sort of a triage-type counseling session with this couple. So step one is get the person to share the information. Step two is go with the person while they share the information. And then step three, and this is the hard one, but after giving them the opportunity and being refused, you have to share the information. Now, again, let's be clear. In this particular case, the only reason you would share the information is because the person's health is at risk. The innocent spouse, the one who's not having the affair, their health is at risk because of what has been introduced into their relationship and perhaps even into their body by their spouse having this extramarital relationship. Now, you might be asking a thousand questions right now in your mind. How long do you wait? How much time needs to go by? Listen, this is where the art of leadership comes into play. I don't know if it's a minute. I don't know if it's an hour. I don't know if it's a day. I don't know if it's three days. I just know that you have to judge the situation and make the best decision possible and as soon as appropriate, share this kind of information. Now, you might be saying, well, now, does that mean that everyone who comes to me and tells me something, I have to go and tell everyone about it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But in some cases, when a person's health is at risk, when a person's life is at risk, when, a, when, when there's been criminal activity that needs to be uh, uh, admitted and there needs to be restitution made, in these kinds of situations, you have a responsibility to get the person to disclose the information, secondarily to go with them when they disclose the information, and then ultimately, if they will not disclose the information, to, to do whatever you must do to make sure that people are protected. And don't let anyone say to you, well, I told you this in confidence and you can't tell anybody. No, that is not confidential information. That's, ex that's confusing confidentiality with secrecy and they are not the same thing. So why then should you choose to har refuse, excuse me, why should you refuse to harbor secret information? Well, several reasons. First of all, just never agree when someone says, I need to tell you something, but you can't tell anyone. Look, this is not junior high school. You're a ministry leader, a ministry professional. Someone comes to you and says, I want to tell you something, or I need to tell you something, but you've got to promise me you'll never tell anyone. When they say that, I, I usually physically hold up my hand like a stop sign and say, no, please stop. Just please stop. Do not tell me anything about this. I, I don't want to know what you're about to say. Because I can't promise you, I can't promise you that I won't tell anyone. 
I mean, if, if you come to me and say, I'm going to tell you something, but you have to promise you'll never tell anyone. I, I've been abusing my daughter sexually, and I want to stop, and I want you to pray for me and help me, Pastor. I can't not share that. I'm, a, I'm legally mandated to, to, uh, to report that. Someone comes to me and says, I'm going to tell you something, but you have to promise me. You have to promise me you'll never tell anyone. And I say, okay, I promise. And they say, I'm, I'm having an affair. In fact, I'm having two or three affairs. And, and, uh, and, I, and I just can't, I, you can't tell my wife, but I just need you to know, and I want you to pray for me and help me. It's like, no, I, I can't give you my word on that. So when someone comes up to you and says, I want to tell you a secret, but you can't tell anyone, stop them and say, no, I don't want to know that kind of information. This is not middle school lunchroom. This is a ministry leader's office or a ministry leader's trust that's, that's in play here. Never promise that you won't tell anyone what someone tells you. And remember, as I've already defined and described, that secrecy is not the same as confidentiality and make that clear to people as you explain to them what confidentiality really means. In fact, in some ways, secrecy denies confidentiality. Secrecy says, I don't trust you to handle this information appropriately, but I'm going to dump it on you anyway. That's not confidentiality. Secrecy denies confidentiality. Secrecy, or excuse me, confidentiality says, I'm going to tell you some information. It's sensitive information. It's delicate information. It may even be troublesome information. And I'm going to trust you, pastor or leader or minister or president. I'm going to trust you to do the right thing with this information. And secrecy can even be narcissistic and uh, it can be a passive-aggressive method to control you. What I mean is a person tells you something that they want you to keep secret, and now you have the secret and they have the secret, and they're controlling you in the sense that they're now holding it over you. You can't ever tell anyone this or I'll expose you for violating my confidence or my confidentiality. And it's narcissistic in the sense that it's self-focused. I know a secret. I'm going to tell you a secret. It's going to be our secret. We're going to keep it just between us. It'll be something special that only we know. Man, that is so self-centered and so self-focused. Puts so much attention on self. Kind of sickening, really, isn't it? So be careful about agreeing to harbor secret information. Help people understand that you cannot do that and you will not do that. Because secrecy is not the same as confidentiality. It actually denies or undermines real confidence in you as a leader. And it can be very narcissistic or very self-focused, and you want to resist that. Now, in light of that, there's some common mistakes that people make with confidential information. Now, confidential information, again, is is information that people shared with you with the confidence you'll handle it appropriately. Now, there's some, there's some mistakes that people in leadership make with confidential information. Let me give you two or three examples. Number one, the first mistake is sharing this information with your spouse. You may say, well, my spouse knows everything, and if someone tells me something, it's the same thing as telling my spouse. That is wrong and should not be the case. You know, my wife and Anna and I have been married for 40 years. I trust her completely. 
She's never, to my knowledge, ever violated any information I've ever shared with her and said, Ann, this is confidential information. We need to keep it between us. I'm sharing it with you for this reason. She's, she's trustworthy. So that's not the issue. The issue is my wife does not need the burden of that information, number one, and secondarily, the person who shared it with me may maintain a relationship with my wife and may not need my wife or want my wife to know that information. There's a lot of reasons why not to share information with your spouse. You say, well, I don't like keeping secrets from my spouse. Well, you're not keeping a secret. You're keeping a confidence. That's an entirely different thing. And so when you're keeping a confidence, you're simply keeping information that's been shared with you with the belief that you will share it appropriately or handle it appropriately, and that may include your spouse, but it may not include your spouse as well. I can't tell you how many times my wife and I have had this conversation where I will say, Ann, uh, there's a situation going on that I need to tell you about. And it may have been going on for months, but now because it's about to be made public or because something's about to happen that relates to my wife in the situation, she now needs to know about it. So sometimes I will share things with Ann that happen months after I learn the information, but many times I don't. There's a mountain of information that's come into my life from individuals, from people, from circumstances that doesn't get reported to my spouse. So remember, confidentiality means, confidential information means information shared with you with the confidence you'll handle it appropriately. And that does not mean you must share it with your spouse, but it may mean that you have to share it with your spouse if that means, if that's what it means to handle it appropriately. Second, Another common mistake is sharing confidentiality with your prayer group or with some other support group that you work with, like your staff. I recently got an email from a friend who said, I want to know, Dr. Orge, if, if, you're, if I'm overreacting here because you train pastors and this is how a pastor has treated me and maybe I'm missing something, but I just feel like he, he really let me down and, and I'm really angry about it. And I said, well, you know, what's the situation? And he said, here's the situation. My pastor's a, in a fairly large church, and, and I know he's a very busy man, and, and I, uh, I wanted to talk to him. And so I wrote him an email, and I said, I'd like to make an appointment with you, and here are the things I'd like to discuss with you, because I, I don't want to, I know your time is valuable, I want to get right to the point, but here's some really important issues I'd like to talk with you. And there were two or three, and uh, at least one of them was, was, was very personal. And he said, I sent this email uh, to the pastor uh, and asked for this appointment. I got an email back from his assistant that said, uh, the pastor is not scheduling appointments now, but having read your email, I can see how concerned you are about these issues in your life. And so I am forwarding your email to our prayer team so they might pray for you as you seek another person to be your counselor during this time. Well, I responded to my friend and said, look, the pastor is well within his rights to say, I'm not taking on any counselees right now. My schedule's full. I simply can't see another person. That was fine. But for the assistant to forward that email to the prayer team of the church was completely inappropriate. Completely inappropriate. You may say, but Dr. Orge, don't we want people to pray for our friends that are hurting? Yes. If the friend asks for prayer then the prayer team can be informed. 
But this person did not ask for their information to be shared with a prayer team. They asked for an appointment with a pastor. So I told my friend, your pastor was perfectly within his, his rights and responsibility as a leader to say, I can't see you because my schedule will simply not permit taking on any other counselees at this time. But he was completely inappropriate to share that email with the church prayer team. That's what I mean when I say that sharing it with your prayer group or with your staff is completely inappropriate. Now, even at Gateway, this may surprise you, but for example, I have a lot of confidential information that comes to me from employees about their employment status or about their work habits or about their, uh, their, life, their life and how it's being impacted by work and those kinds of things. This frequently happens in our meetings with the vice presidents. I'll meet with all four vice presidents, and we'll go down through the list, and then I'll get down to the end and say, as we're nearing the end of the meeting, uh, as we're breaking up today, I need this vice president to stay to talk about a personnel matter. And the other three will get up and leave the room. And then I will talk to that vice president about the personnel matter, about the person under their supervision in the organization. You say, well, don't you trust the other three to hear the information? Sure I do. I trust them with all kinds of information, but I don't trust them with this information because they don't need to know it. It's confidential. I've been given this information, and I'm supposed to handle it appropriately, and handling it appropriately does not mean discussing it in an open meeting, even with my vice presidents. So I discuss it only with the one who's supervising the employee. So one of the most common mistakes leaders make with confidential information is sharing it inappropriately with a spouse, with a prayer group, or with their staff leadership team. You simply can't automatically share all this information in those contexts. Now, you may say, but you've said we can share confidential information because the person has shared it with us in confidence we'll handle it appropriately. Yes, you may need to share the information, but not in these contexts automatically every time. That does not mean that you must share it. It just means you can share it if you need to. Here's another common mistake with confidential information, and that is feeling responsible to do something about it. You know, just because you learn of something happening doesn't mean you're responsible to do something about it. Like, for example, this happened to me repeatedly as a pastor. Uh, I would have a church member, A, come into my office and say they were in conflict with church member B. And I would listen to the conflict, and I would give counsel about the conflict, and I would advise church member A what to do about their conflict. And then when they left my office, I was finished with it. I didn't learn this when I first started out as a pastor. When I first started out as a pastor, I would then call church member B and say, listen, we need to get together and work this out. And I would, inv I would put myself into the situation because I had learned of this confidential information by talking with church member A, and now I somehow felt obligated to do something about the problem. I've now learned that not everything I learn about is my problem or my responsibility. So that when church member A comes to me, I give that person counsel and direction and encouragement to themselves go to church member B and work out the problem. It's not my problem just because I learn the information about the situation. And then finally, another common mistake with confidential information, and I've made this mistake and I've had to repent of it, and I've had to watch myself that I don't make this mistake over and over again. And that is using confidential information as a sermon illustration or to make a point in a conversation or to somehow uh, uh, illustrate an action that you're taking while you're uh, leading a meeting. 
it's hard not to do this because you, you hear this information, it's bubbling in your mind, and you're trying to solve a problem, and you think this is a part of the solution, and you, you blurt out the, something about the situation. Uh, that's completely inappropriate, and especially to do it in a sermon situation. And I have to confess, I did this one night. Uh, this was back when I was in my early pastoral years. We had a Sunday night service, and I was speaking on Sunday night, and I was just preaching along, and 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 I was looking at my notes and thinking about this idea that was in the text, and then I remembered this situation that I'd been dealing with, and about this person, and I and how and how it adequately illustrated this this problem the Bible was addressing, and so I just sort of rolled it out in the sermon, and and about halfway through the illustration, I realized the person I was talking about was sitting in the audience about two-thirds of the way back on the right-hand side of the auditorium. And here I am in front of, you know, about 150 people trying to figure out a way to get disengaged from this bad illustration at a bad time, and it was very awkward and embarrassing. And the person knew I was talking about them and confronted me afterwards as he should have, and I had to apologize and try to make it right. I'm embarrassed to tell you I did that. I'm also even more embarrassed to tell you that a few other times in my life I've slept and done the same thing. Look, you got to come to the place where you recognize that just because you know something and it's really helpful and it's really insightful and it really proves your point or it really illustrates your message, you cannot use it in those contexts. You just simply can't do it. Well, let me wrap it up by more positively saying here's a couple of really good things about confidential confidential information in ministry leadership. Number one, when people tell you things and trust you to handle it appropriately, they are demonstrating a deep trust in you. And the more information they share with you over a lifetime of leadership, the more they're demonstrating they trust you and the more trust you have from them. You know, I've reached a point after 40 years of doing this where people have told me a lot of things over the years, and a lot of that information has never left my lips, and they know that, and I know that, and, and they, they've trusted me, and that trust has been proven, and because of that, it's given me a, a significant level of influence in the lives of many people. So when people share things with you that are truly confidential, meaning that they're giving you information and they're depending on you to use it appropriately, and you do so, it deepens their trust in you even more. And then secondly, when people give you this kind of information, it helps you to make better decisions about meeting the needs of people. For example, when two or three couples are telling you about the same issues in their marriages as you're dealing with, your, as you're dealing with them as a pastoral counselor, and you then decide to organize a, a weekend marriage retreat focused on those themes, you don't have to stand up and say, I've had three couples in our church come and tell me their problems and they all have the same problems and we're going to put together a retreat and, and we're going to address those issues. You don't have to say that. All you have to say is, hey, we're having a marriage retreat this year and, and I believe a good theme for our church would be this issue related to marriage. And I hope that all of you will participate because I really think it will help us as we go forward. Because listen, if you've heard the same problem from two or three couples, you can be sure that maybe 10 or 20 other couples are struggling with the same issue. So this kind of information gives you guidance and direction and, and helps you in decision-making about ministry planning to meet the needs of people. Well, I hope these ideas about confidentiality help you. Remember, confidential information is not secret information. 
confidential information is someone telling you something with the confidence that you will handle it appropriately. And I hope that today's uh, counsel helps you do that more effectively as you lead on.